I want to talk to you about spiritual intelligence. We've been talking a lot the last few weeks. You know, we just got off or just finished the, um, the series on love one another and practical ways of walking out, doing relationships well. I love that. And then before that, we had Art of Neighboring, which was like, how do we live out and be good neighbors? And I'm not saying any of that is spiritual or not spiritual, but it is very spiritual. But I want to talk to you for a moment. I want to step back. And sometimes it's easy to lose sight of the reality that God is spirit, and we worship him in spirit and in truth, that the kingdom of God is, a, is the supernatural realm of the kingdom that is present here in this room right now. And the reality of that and living out of that reality in our everyday life. That's what I want to talk to you about. Specifically, I've titled it Spiritual Intelligence because we have access to something that's uh, to spiritual intelligence that is above and beyond any kind of natural intelligence. And I'm not saying that they're separate or it's one or the other. I'm saying that they flow together. But if you have one without the other, which is typically what most people have, is we have natural intelligence. We have science, you know, the study of nature and all that kind of stuff. But if we're limited to that, then the making sense of the world around us is limited. And there's a lot of holes and there's a lot of gaps. And there's a lot of missing information and wisdom that we lack if we aren't functioning in the realm of the supernatural. And so that's really what I want to talk to you today. And this was kind of spurred on in my heart um, for a number of reasons, but one of them was I was, uh, I was happened to be on YouTube. I, you know, listen to YouTube music and, and I was out on YouTube and this, this, um, interview popped up. Um, it was of two philosophers were debating and talking. And so I, it looked interesting. It kind of caught my eye. So I thought, Hey, I'm going to click on that and kind of watch it for a little bit. And so I did, I clicked on it. And, um, the one was a, I would call him, and I don't know if this was self-declared or not, and I'm not going to go into any names, but he was, I would say, a what I would call an agnostic philosopher. Okay, He believed in a God. In fact, that was the whole debate on, like, who is God? And that was a part of the whole debate. The other one was an atheistic philosopher. And so they were having this debate back and forth and talking about, like, your definition of God and all this kind of stuff and blah, blah, blah. So finally, the atheistic, the atheist, um, Shout uh, declares this question to the agnostic. He said, did Jesus rise from the dead? I thought, that's a good question. I love that question. He said, did Jesus die from the dead? And he kind of pressed him on it and pressed him on it and pressed him on it. He said, did Jesus die from the de- rise from the dead? And finally, the agnostic philosopher said, maybe. That was his response. He said, maybe. And I, that was the most, in- I was like, that's a weird response, right? I mean, that was, I was, I was unexpected. And I started to think about his response and even listened to a little bit of his explanation of that. And I thought, hmm, why was that his response? Why, why did he respond in that way? And, I, and I'm, I'm not here to debate it, and I didn't even have an interview, and I mean, I could, I could kind of question him a little bit more, but I'm going to propose two reasons why, right? And, and, and both of them are influential in our lives, too. The first one is this, is that they are, and the whole world is under the influence of a scientific, naturalistic worldview. That's a big phrase, right? But a scientific, naturalistic worldview, that the only thing that is real and truthful is what we can touch or experience with our senses, okay? 
And we're un- we experience this in our educational systems, right? We experience this all around us. The whole world is under the influence, I would say, of this worldview, okay? And so, and these guys specific, because they can't make the sense of the reality that a body that laid in the grave for three days was supernaturally raised from the dead on the third day and came back to life. Like, that doesn't make any sense, right? But if you look at all of Jesus' life, it didn't make any sense because he raised Lazarus after four days, and he healed leprosy, and all these supernatural events and activities took place in his life, right? So, first of all, that they're under the influence of, of this scientific, naturalistic worldview where only natural intelligence is reality. So they only have natural intelligence. They're missing what I call spiritual intelligence. Right? And like I said, all of us are under the influence of this. But the reality is, is everybody in this room, we have access to something greater. We have access to something bigger. We have access to this spiritual intelligence, this spiritual realm that's in this room right now that influences our everyday lives. We have access to that. That's what Jesus said. The kingdom of heaven is what? It's at hand. It's at hand. It's within grasp of every one of our lives. And I want us, I want us to challenge us, our perspective, right? And get in, in, you know, the places where we've kind of fallen into that naturalistic worldview, that we would turn away from that and open up our eyes and see the spiritual realm happening all around us. This is so important if we're going to walk successfully out in the mission that is in front of us. So before I go on, I, I, um, I'm going to give you a chance now. And if you're not sure about the whole Jesus thing, right, this whole Jesus or the reality of his resurrection and all that, you know, I just want to say, one, that's okay, right? I mean, we're all in process. We're all on a journey. I wasn't there. At, at some point in my life. And it wasn't until I was 21, 22 years old before I actually stepped across the line, okay? But sometime in this message later on, I'm going to give you a chance, and I want to you know, give you an opportunity to create a memory where you get to step across that line and say, you know what? I believe Jesus. I want Jesus to be the Lord of my life. I'm tired. I'm done with living in my own strength. And, Lord, I want you to be my Lord. And I believe you rose again on the third day. That's the beginning of spiritual intelligence. That's the beginning point right there. That's where life begins. The Bible says that if we confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead, then we'll be saved. Salvation begins with that confession, and that opens up. But see, the problem is, is a lot of us in the Christian church, we stop there, don't we? In fact, Jesus is what? He's the door. He's the door into this supernatural realm of the kingdom of God. It's the doorway. It's the beginning, right? Just saying Jesus is Lord is the beginning and opens up our minds and, and we get born again and we have a, now we can start to interact with the spiritual realm in a way like Jesus taught us. So we want to align any areas as we go through this message. What I want to do is I want to shake you a little bit, if you will, you know what I'm saying? I want us to shake us up a little bit and go, ooh, Wow. Like, I've lost perspective. And we want to align ourselves, and it's really easy. We just say, Jesus, I'm sorry. I, I want to line up my thought processes. I want to think like you. I want to act like you. I want to move like you. 
I want to I have your perspective of life and of situations and of what's happening in this room and every moment of my life. So before we jump into the Bible here, because I, I have a really cool story that I want to talk to you about, I think that depicts this, is I want to give you a little bit of science. Like, does science have any, any back, um, any support of this concept? I mean, is science totally the antithesis of the, the reality of this supernatural realm, right? This unseen world that influences the world around us, right? Does science have any backing of that? And let me, let me just give you a couple, I, I, this is like, uh, Parker, this would be a theological thesis, right? I mean, I would love to, this would be like, I would love to write a paper on this. Because, I mean, there's so many nuggets and pieces of information where science goes, it's a, it's a head scratcher. It's like, ah, I don't know what to do with this. And I'm going to give you a couple of those. Well, the first one is this, and just a couple nuggets, and I was talking to Parker about this. A good friend of mine, Spencer Birchfield, um, brought me, um, said, hey, you're going to love this, and so he, he turned me on to this. It was actually a study that started, I think, in the 80s, 90s. Um, a scientist, I think he was, I believe he was a mathematician, and I was trying to look for his name. I couldn't find his name, but out of Princeton University, he started this study of RNGs, which is random number generators. And these random number generators will pr uh, produce a, uh, a perfect statistical curve. No influences, you know what I mean? Every time you do it, you know what I mean? It's going to come out and it's going to have the perfect, anyways, some my statistics friends, you'll appreciate that. But anyways, so, so this is what they found. I'm going to give you this short, okay, because this is, the, this is coming out of a, a document or a paper. It's called The Effects of Mass Consciousness, Changes in Random Data During Global Events. So this is a culmination of this study that I'm talking about, and they actually refer to it. But let me give you a couple nuggets from this, because this is what they concluded in the, at the beginning of the abstract. The experimental design constraints, interpretation of the results. He's talking about the, the 30 years of testing that they have done up to this point, okay, in this matter, of the influence of consciousness, that's what they call it, on the outcome of this computer generator. Okay, so hold that thought. Suggest that some aspect of human consciousness is involved as a source of the FX. Okay, so I mean that's a big statement. What he's saying is this, is what they found over the last course of the last 30 years is that the consciousness, they don't have phraseology for it. I understand this as the spirit realm. This is like that we're all spirit, that we interact we have a natural interaction, but there's a spiritual interaction that's happening in this room right now, this unseen world that's upon us and around us that interconnects things together. It's why prayer works. It's why I can pray here and affect something that's miles and miles away because I'm connecting to something in the spiritual realm. But these are the four things that I'm just going to summarize. One, a person can focus their mind their consciousness on that machine and, and to, to create some outcome other than the norm, right? And they can actually influence the outcome by just thinking about it, by just focusing their attention on that. They can actually create bias, and they've done statistics on this, and it's just, it's irrefutable. And, and they're like, what the heck? And they ran the test over and over again, and then they change it to the other side so that you can think about it. This random ge generator is like flipping a coin. So if I think about heads... I can influence the bias to heads. 
Or if I think about tails, I can influence the data to tails. Isn't that amazing? It's kind of wild. So they found that a person's focus of their mind on that impacts the outcomes and is statistically just irrefutable, actually. Distance does not matter. That's interesting. So they asked a person like uh, million miles away, think about this machine. I want this to be heads. They did it, and distance doesn't matter. Groups of people thinking and focused on that same outcome actually increases the, the, the statistical probabilities, right? Group one can take 1,000, 10 can take 10,000, <laughs> right? Pretty interesting. That's one. I, I love that. I just, I just think that that, so they call this, the, they, they don't know what to call it, so they call it the consciousness, the field of consciousness. I call it the spiritual realm. <laughs> the Bible calls it the realm of the spirit. It calls it the realm of the supernatural or the heavens, right? When your Bible talks about the heavens, there's the third heaven, which is the high heavens where God exists on the throne, but then there's the heavens, the spiritual realm around, uh, that's upon the earth, right? That's where the angels and, and demons and, and there's all this kind of spiritual interaction taking place around us. There's another study, and, and I mean, there's a tons of study on the impact of prayer and the healing process. I just pulled one, okay? Just one. Prayer and healing, a medical and scientific perspective on randomized controlled trials. I'm not going to say the guy's name, but a couple professors here. I think they're probably from India, maybe somewhere. I don't, I don't they look at, it could be the Middle East, I don't know. Anyways, this is what they said. Found that the women who had been prayed for, for had nearly twice as high a pregnancy rate as those who had not been prayed for, right? They were praying for ladies to get pregnant, and those who received prayer had twice the, the rate of pregnancy than those who did not. Statistically, they show some, the p-values and the statistics behind it, and it was a blind test and all this kind of stuff. I don't even know if this was Jesus' prayer. All I know is prayer, okay? The, what's the point? The point is, is that we can pray, we can focus, we can apply our attention to something and impact that with the words that we declare and speak over that person. That, that, how do you explain that in the scientific naturalistic worldview? You can't, right? You have to have a kingdom worldview to understand this. You have to have spiritual intelligence that we all have access to. All right, little fun facts. Now let's turn to the Bible. How's that? Everybody good with that? 2 Kings chapter 6. I'm really only going to read um, 15 through 17. Um, but let me give you a little bit of background here first. In, in verses 8, so the king of Aram, okay, this is the story of Elisha, okay? He's the prophet over Israel at the time. And um, Elisha, miracles were happening at the hands of of Elisha, all kinds of miracles. And, um, but the king of Aram decided that he wanted to attack Israel. They were done with Israel. They decided they wanted to go to war against Israel. And so what they did was, is they started to move their troops, right, to a place where, you know, they would align their troops so that they could get a, uh, an attack a city or something like that. And as they were lining up their troops, Elisha got a word from the Lord. He got some spiritual intelligence, right, from heaven that said, hey, 
Aram and his army are getting ready to attack this city. And so he would let the king of Israel know. The king would relocate the troops and, and nothing would happen. And so um, what do you call that person that like kind of is the, is the worm inside of the, the mole? The mole inside the army or the, what's that? Yeah, it's the traitor, traitor. That was the word, mole, traitor. So, so the king of Abraham thought that there was a traitor in the midst of the army. And he was like, who's the traitor? Let's find the traitor. Someone is leaking this information. And so they go, they go no, 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 king, it's not one of us. It's the prophet Elisha. He's getting information from heaven. And then every time we make a move, he moves the army away from us, and it doesn't work. And so they're like, okay, I'm killing Elisha. I'm going after him, and I'm killing Elisha. He goes, where's Elisha? They said, Elisha's in Dothan. Go get him. So he creates the army, sends the ar- army down to Dothan, right? They get there. They sneak up to him in the middle of the night. They find the house where he's at, and they surround the house. This huge army surrounds the whole house, and that's where we're going to pick up the story, Okay. So they surround the house. It says, now when the attendant, so this is kind of the, another uh, version, say servant or helper of uh, Elisha. It says, now when the attendant of the man of God had risen early and gone out, behold, an army with horses and chariots was circling the city. And his servant said to him, Elisha, alas, my master, what shall we do? He, so he answered, this is Elisha answered, do not fear, for those who are with us are more than those who are with them. I'm just going to pause for a moment because there's something I want to highlight here. Because this is really important in terms of spiritual intelligence. Fear, anxiety, depression, all they see is in the natural. They can only see in the natural realm. Are you with me? Fear, anxiety, depression, all they do is look at what we don't have in the natural realm. It doesn't look into the supernatural realm, or it doesn't even look into the things that we do have. It only looks at what we don't have, right? Think about the the apostles when they came to Jesus, and they said, we don't have enough food to feed these people. (laughs) They're like, what do you, you know, I mean, they're like, we don't have enough money. We don't have enough. It just focuses on the natural. It can't see into the supernatural. It doesn't rely on spiritual intelligence. It only relies on the natural intelligence. My point is this, is we're entering into this, the season of Thanksgiving. So what faith does, faith sees into the supernatural. Faith looks at what we do have and rejoices in it. Faith says rejoice always. Pray without ceasing, and in everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus. That's what faith does. And so we're in this season of thanksgiving, and everyone gets excited about it, but let's really enter into thanksgiving. Let's really be thankful. Let's get our eyes off of what we don't have, and let's focus on what we do, right? And let's rejoice in it. Let's be thankful in it, right? I say this all the time, but I would challenge you, sit down one time, get by yourself, Get a pack of tissues, sit it right there because I'm warning you, it's going to happen, and just start thanking God. And if you got to yell it out, yell it out. And just thank you, God, for my family. 
thank you, God, for my, I thank him for every little thing of your life. I guarantee by the end of that moment, you're going to be in tears. You're going to be so excited. You know what part of Thanksgiving is? Is what if you didn't have those things in your life? What if you missed that stuff? What if, what if that didn't exist in your life? We take for granted so many things around us. What if I didn't have a wife? What if I didn't have my children? What if I didn't have my job? What if all that was stripped from me in an instant like it was with, with uh, Job? How would I respond then? So let's be thankful. Picture yourself with all the, out all that stuff and then give thanks. All right, that's a little diatribe on that. I'm sorry. I am. Do not fear. I love this. For those who are with us are more than those who are with them. That's awesome. That's called spiritual intelligence, right? Come on. That's spiritual intelligence. I want you to know something, that through Jesus Christ, all of us, this spiritual intelligence, this anointing that is on Elisha is available to everybody in this room. I would be lying to you if I said differently because that's exactly what Jesus taught us. And we have to get that into our spirit. Do not fear, for those who are with us are more than those who are with him. What the heck is he talking about? Then Elisha prayed and said, O Lord, I pray, open his eyes that he may see. Open his eyes. That's I love it. Open his eyes. That's how we need to pray for our, our loved ones. Open their eyes so that they can see into the supernatural realm, into the supernatural world like I see. I long for everyone to see into the supernatural reality of Christ, the risen Christ, raised from the dead. Open their eyes. Open his eyes so that he may see. And the Lord opened the servant's eyes, and he saw, and this is what he saw, behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. There was this army of angels, right? This heavenly army that no one saw in the supernatural realm, right? They were there, they were resident, but before that moment, he couldn't see a single one of them. How many angels? I don't even know. I, my eyes aren't open. Like some of us see into the supernatural realm. I've met people that see angels and see demons and see all kinds of stuff. They see into the supernatural. I love that I can hear and, and see, and every once in a while I get a glimpse of it. But that doesn't make it any more less real. Like the angels are warring for us. When they came down to him, Elisha prayed to the Lord, strike this people with blindness, I pray. So he struck them with blindness according to the word of Elisha. I love that. You know, how did that all take place? You know, I mean, what was that like? So you have this army of angels, and he prays and says, strike them with blindness, and then all the angels go, and supernaturally, maybe they disperse. Everyone picks a man and says, I got him, I got him, I got him, I got him. You know what I mean? Boom, 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 blindness, 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 blindness. I don't know. All I know is, is that there was this army around him, this angelic army, and then Elisha speaks, and it happens. Isn't that cool? Now, it sounds like, you know, sometimes we give, there are some interesting parts of the Old Testament, but this is a beautiful picture, actually, if you read the rest of the story, I'll give it to you real quick, of, of, of peacemaking, like Parker was talking about. Because he now, then he walks the army down in front of the king of Israel. He, he takes the blind people and he walks them down to the king, puts them right in front of the king, and then he says, open their eyes, and they all open, 
And the king's there, and the king goes, should we kill him? And he said, no, don't kill him, feed him. And so they prepare a Thanksgiving feast right there <laughs> and feed their enemy. And he goes, now send them away back to their king. That's all he does. So they go back, and it says at the very end of this text, Aram never set foot against Israel again. Isn't that powerful? That's awesome. Anyways, that's not the message. The message is this spiritual intelligence that is available to all of us, that God wants to move in our midst that is accessible to all of us. I got to experience this first time. I get little glimpses, right? I press into this. God, I'm like, give me spiritual intelligence. I want to walk in this. Like when I, before I go into work, Lord, what do you want me to do today? You know what I mean? Like, what problems do I need to solve? You know what I mean? Have you ever had a problem and go, give me, Lord, give me intelligence on how to attack this problem, how to deal with this person today, right? That's available to all of us. I was, uh, last Sunday, true, true story, no, not two Sundays ago. Two Sundays ago, I was here, and all of a sudden, I'm in the middle of worship, and my mind, just sometimes this happens to me, and it just randomly goes, and this is just the Holy Spirit, and I asked the Lord the question, I said, when is Simeon coming? Simeon's my grandson from my, from, that was born on, on 11-11, by the way. And so it's like, when's my, when's my grandson coming? And he said, and I, I heard it clear as day, he goes, five days. That was on a Sunday, five days. That was, that was Friday. And when he was born on Friday, I was like, holy crap, I just heard from God. <laughs> that was awesome. I was so excited. And I was telling everybody, he's coming on Friday. He's coming on Friday. And the Lord, he came on Friday. It was pretty awesome. It was so good. And then I was, we were praying for Anna because, uh, you know, we were there and we were interceding and it seemed like they were, there was a lot of stress and tension. Poor Kim was working her tail off in the, in the room with her trying, you know, the first birth is always difficult. And I started to pray and I'm like, God, just bring this baby, bring this baby. And I'm praying, I'm praying, I'm praying. And I'm just like asking the baby to come out quickly, you know, and that whole, whole kind of thing. And all of a sudden the Holy Spirit whispers to me, he says, patience. He said, patience, he, he, it's going to be all right. He's coming. And I was just like, Ooh, stop. Sometimes when I cry when the presence of the Lord is. And I stopped. And I was like, lengthen this, as just Lord, slow down. Let it come. <laughs> like, Because like, I, I was realizing I'm praying against God. Like he had a timing. He had a moment. He had this in his hands. And I was like, I had this spiritual intelligence. So I started praying different. I was like, Lord, I rebuke pain. I rebuke fear. I just speak peace into that room because I know he's coming. That's called spiritual intelligence. And all of us have access to it. I'm serious. Like all of us, we all have access to this. Jesus said something really interesting. He said, my kingdom is not of this world. If it were, my servants would fight to prevent my arrest by the Jewish leaders. But now my kingdom is from another place. Talking about the kingdom of God and the realm of the supernatural realm of the spirit. The Bible calls Satan, he is, and I want to, we got to get this. And I don't want to exalt Satan in any way, shape or form. Don't hear what I'm not saying on that. That's Parker's favorite line. Don't hear what I'm not saying. But, but some of us act like he doesn't exist. Let's just get over that. Right? We, we think it's like a figure. Like, it's like, oof, I shouldn't have said that. I uh, almost said something about the guy that comes. Well, everyone's probably good on that. Christmas Day. You know that thing? I almost said that. Yeah. 
I almost said that. Yeah, I got to check who's in the room. I don't know where we're all on that. But anyways, we act like he's like a character, like a cartoon character or a figment of our imagination kind of thing the, like, that epitomizes what evil's about. No, Satan is a being. He is an intelligent being. He is a supernatural being that exists. He's finite, but he works to steal, kill, and destroy, which is exactly what Jesus taught us to do. And he's de- described as the God of this world, meaning that he is over every, he rules over the, the world's systems that we interact in on a regular basis. Does anyone, do you understand what I'm saying? So the problem is not necessarily the person that you're struggling with. It's the spiritual nature of the thing behind that. Paul said we wrestle not with flesh and bud, blood, right? Do you understand what I'm saying? So we got to quit. We got to elevate our thinking into the supernatural realm and start seeing situations and circumstances from a higher level, from a kingdom perspective. We need to start waging war against the demonic forces that are, uh, that are at work around us and start recognizing them, calling them out, and de- making declarations and prayers and say, get out in Jesus' name. He, Jesus said this, listen, about us, all who believe, they will do what? They will cast out demons. If you're a believer, you will cast out demons. We, I, I'm, I'm trying to get you to be in sync with this spiritual realm that we're talking about here, right? Because we exist so much with the natural and our natural senses, and we lose sight of the supernatural life that's happening around us. The life that's in this room right now, Holy Spirit's presence, the life of the Spirit, the Spirit of the living God is in me. If I told you that the Spirit of God did not, was not in me right now, I would be lying to you. And you would be lying to me. We are filled with the Spirit of God. We have this supernatural intelligence that's available, readily available at our fingertips. It says that Jesus, we were talking about the demons and Satan, but Jesus came to destroy the works of the devil. Jesus came to destroy the works of the devil. We carry his mission, every one of us, to destroy the works of the devil. We need to be going around and destroying the works of the devil. And when we see it manifest, we do what? We run away. We hide. That bothers me. I've seen it. I've seen it in Christian circles where people were like, oh, don't touch that, or don't go there, or don't pray against that because we don't know what that's going to stir up in the the spiritual realm. Little bugs. When, when I think of demons, I think of little bugs. Like little, little bugs. No, seriously. Greater is he that is in us than he that is in this world. Greater is he that is in us than he that is in this world. I've been on this journey, and Holy Spirit has challenged me because we look so much at the natural, and we miss the spiritual. And I've been coming up against, like, there's two things in the, in the area of healing that the enemy does, right? One-third of the healings in the Bible, if you read through it except for John, but I I did a study on Matthew, Mark, and Luke, almost exactly one-third of the healings were spiritual, where they cast out a demon of some sort. There's There's two demons, right, two little demons, and they're so easy to cast out. I'm telling you, just speak to them. Spirit of infirmity, spirit of affliction. 
When you have a situation and the doctors can't know, they don't know what's going on, they can't explain it, how many times do you go, oh my gosh, they don't even know what to do, right? Spirit of infirmity, spirit of affliction. We're here to cast that out. We're here to wage war against the enemy, right? We're here, and we got to lift up and quit looking at, at it from a natural perspective and start seeing things from a supernatural perspective, to walk in that. Now, I want you just, just for a moment, let's just take this. Everybody shut your eyes. What would this room look like? This space right here is, is the, the kingdom of heaven is available. It's right here. It's at our fingertips. It's right here, and it's at our fingertips. You can open your eyes. I wish I could go around and maybe we, should, we could talk about what, it, what it you saw. Maybe you saw, maybe you heard, I don't know. I'm challenging you, and I want you to start thinking about when you walk into a room, quit looking at that room as a natural thing and start seeing the room as a spiritual Start seeing into the spiritual realm of what's happening inside of that room and how you're, go- you're called to bring the kingdom into that space. Why don't the, oh, I was going to ask the worship team if you guys could come on up. I'm going to finish here. And while they're doing that, I, I told you I would give you, I wanted to give you a chance. Um, when I accepted Jesus, when I, when I stepped off, when I, cross that line right I stepped off the stage of my life that's kind of cool my living life in my own strength and I stepped into the realm of following Jesus I was keenly aware of the reality of the spiritual realm I knew that my life was hanging in the balance I knew that um, if we could could you go ahead raise the lights back up just for a moment because I want to be able to see people here we're gonna that's good perfect so my life was in the balance, and I stepped across that line. I knew that I was on this, des- I was destined for hell, to be honest. I was destined, right, because when we live in our own strength apart from Christ, we, we, I was choosing hell over choosing life with Jesus. And so I stepped across that line, and I said yes to him. And I want to give us a chance, okay? So everybody's seated. Maybe shut your eyes just for a moment. I ask you to do that, all right? Because I want to give you a chance to step across that line you've never said yes to Jesus or or there's I want you to create a memory a a point where you can go yes I know on this day November 20th 2022 I crossed that line I stepped over I said yes to Jesus I believe the Holy Spirit's inviting you into this right now 